Hey, welcome. I am your host, Sam, and this is Urban Legends and Other Dreadful Curiosities, a podcast about urban legends coming from different cultures and other scary stories as well. Hello, welcome to episode 10. If you are new to this podcast, my name is Sam, and as you've noticed, I've taken a somewhat long hiatus from this podcast because of my schedule. What you're about to listen to is recording back in October. Just in case you were wondering, I'm just really happy to be back doing this podcast and to be uploading and posting some more, and I just really hope you enjoy this episode. Hello everyone and welcome back to a new episode of Urban Legends and Other Dreadful Curiosities. I am so excited I got some good stuff in store for you guys. I just had my first ever collaboration with the Graveyard Grumbler podcast. Please be nice and give Tino Romero a listen. So um, the host of the Graveyard Grumbler podcast is Tino Romero and... um, He talks about paranormal stuff and also just anything under the horror genre, usually about urban legends as well, um, paranormal activities, stuff like that. Um, He also interviews people um, who are interested in the paranormal. So yeah, be sure to listen to him. Um, So if you listen to his podcast on Apple, be sure to give him a rating, leave a review. Yeah. Also, um, yeah, shout out to Tino for having me in his podcast. I really had fun talking to him. So I'm going to try this new thing today where I'm going to watch one horror movie and I'm going to be talking about it in the podcast. So specifically, we'll be talking about its urban legend and where it's inspired from. What we are going to do is incorporate horror movies into this content, into this podcast. So like in some episodes, I'm going to be watching a movie and I'm going to be talking about it and we're going to dissect the legend that influenced this movie. Horror movies and other forms of media that's relating to horror is mostly influenced by urban legends. So we touched on this in a lot of episodes and our very first episode, La Llorona, actually has a film about it. Another example would be The Elevator Game, which is on episode 3. If you haven't listened to that yet, I suggest you give it a listen. It's actually one of the most fun I had in an episode. It was also pretty creepy. This game is actually an internet ritual, and like I said, I had an episode dedicated to it. And I also briefly mentioned there was supposed to be a film about it inspired by the elevator game, and also Eliza Lamb's death, which I talked about in the elevator game episode as well. For this episode specifically, we are going to talk about this zombie film that's pretty new. It, it was just released um, this year. I believe it was released in June. And it's called Alive. 
just a disclaimer, there may be spoilers ahead. Like at this point, I suggest that before listening to this podcast, go watch the film and then come back. Because I'm going to be um, mentioning a lot of spoilers and you don't want to. Unless you're not planning on watching the film, but I suggest you watch it. So yeah, if you want to watch the movie, you might want to sit this part out. So this film is actually directed by Cho Il-hyung. And it's about a gamer who is forced to stay alone in his apartment during a zombie apocalypse. It kind of reminds me of COVID during our quarantine period. But then minus the biting and the cannibalism. So that's basically the gist of the film. And from what I heard, the film is actually based on a script in an American movie called Alone. I'm, I forgot the title off the top of my head, but yeah, it's based on this script of an American film. Could you imagine just like watching the world turn into a zombie apocalypse and you're just watching it from your apartment and that's just crazy. Like, could you imagine that? I really wouldn't. Like, I'd probably be traumatized. So this starts off with the introduction of our main protagonist, Jun Woo. And right after that, the world around him just went to shit. And people start running around. And the weird thing is, they are starting to eat each other. So if you're Junwoo and you're watching this at your apartment and you're just seeing like chaos and people starting to eat each other, how would you feel? Honestly, I wouldn't even know. I wouldn't even know. So the first five minutes of the film, we now have an idea of what the plot is going to be like. So most of the, not most, but like half of the film's duration is consists of Jun Woo trying to survive and like ration his food and his supplies. And eventually he runs out of supplies and trigger warning on this one, by the way. Um, he tries to commit suicide, but then he's saved by Yubin, and they bond, and Yubin actually lives in an apartment complex across from him. So, yeah, um, they try to communicate with each other without making noise, without attracting zombies, and, um, eventually they start sending each other supplies and food and they started to bond and eventually they start to hatch a plan to escape together and in the end they got saved but there's a lot of things that went on i just kind of summarized this the movie starts off really fast it was like zero to 100 real quick like how they started it they introduced the character and then I think the first two minutes, the first two to five minutes was just utter chaos. Like, you can see the plot pick up from there. Um, it starts out really quick. Um, we introduce the character, then boom, zombie apocalypse. And then the middle kind of drags out for a bit because we see the character trying to survive, ration food. Like, we kind of see him, like, at what he's doing to survive. And 
Yeah, um, it still kind of picks up when he runs out of food. Like, what is he gonna do? Like, it kind of makes you curious at what he is planning to do, you know? And there was this one random scene in the beginning that kind of left me in shock. And this scene was at the beginning when Junwoo witnesses a mother and a daughter hug amidst all the chaos, all the people trying to eat, eat each other. That's a really bad tongue twister, by the way. And the daughter bites the mom. And it was just the most heartbreaking and disturbing scene to watch. It was, it was just weird. Not weird. It made me feel weird and disturbed. Like, can you imagine eating your loved one? I mean, but then the person's a zombie. So technically, they're not really a person anymore. My other thoughts about this is that I think Yubin is pretty badass. There was this one scene where she had to get Junwoo, where she had to get to Junwoo's apartment so that they can escape together. And like, she kind of jumps off her apartment complex and she needed to get to Junwoo's apartment and she fights off like a horde of zombies on her own. Like she held it she held it on her own and i think that's just amazing like if i were in her position i would have gotten eaten like the moment i land i wouldn't i would not be alive also i think yubin was pretty smart enough to survive on her own she was able to ration her food and water and also we see her taking care of her plants what a plant mom and also, funny thing is, I actually watched this with a friend, and there was an earthquake, and we sat through it while watching this film. And the earthquake was actually pretty strong. It was like around 4.6 magnitude or something. I don't know. Around there, but it was not. Like, we felt it, but we just kind of like sat through it going back to the film it's actually a pretty good movie i liked it it's very engaging despite the setting being in one place because usually when the setting is in one place it's like hard to make it interesting because there's not much movement going around this is just my opinion by the way i'm no film critic or film expert you correct me if you think my opinion is doesn't make sense or whatever anyway yeah, I just thought it was very engaging and I have a short attention span. So anything that can hold my attention is pretty much a good movie. So yeah, um, anyway, now that we have talked about this movie, we are moving on to a different point. We are now talking about zombies. So the zombies seem to have dominated the horror genre in all forms of media we see them a lot especially in movies and tv shows like the walking dead and in this movie specifically the zombies that we see in alive are the fast runners they're aggressive slightly intelligent and adaptive to their surroundings which is kind of scary to be honest they're the zombies that i would not want to like be in if my life were a horror film because I hate running and um I have really weak lungs and I wouldn't be alive very long but they're just okay 
going back to zombies um so we see that these zombies are really fast but they're just one of the types that we see in media before delving into the archetypes of zombies that we see let's talk about the history of zombies its various origins and how this urban legend has a huge influence in various forms of media not just film so let's talk about the history first so according to some accounts zombies may have been originated in ancient greece However, some sources argue that zombie folklore may have started in Haiti around 17th century. In some accounts, zombies are actually seen as a personal slave of a bokor. A bokor is like a voodoo practitioner. Africa is actually known for its practice in voodoo. Another thing is that zombies are often a result of necromancy, which is a practice of magic involving the dead. So necromancy is a type of witchcraft, although I'm not really sure whether it is being practiced or not in modern times, but necromancy has been featured several times in media, TV shows, or movies, and these shows include Legacies, which is a Vampire Diaries spin-off, American Horror Story, specifically season 3 and season 8, I think? The one that's Apocalypse. Anyway, and also Chilling Adventures of Sabrina featured this practice as well. There's this one episode in American Horror Story where Marie Laveau resurrects zombies and tries to use those zombies to hunt somebody down. I think it was um, Delphine, like the racist in that show. Marie Laveau uses the zombies to do her bidding and that's usually common in the voodoo archetypes of zombies but we'll talk about that later. And another show, Chilling Adventures of Sabrina. I think they, like the necromancy that they did from what I can remember is when um, I believe... The Weird Sisters, this was in season one, by the way. The Weird Sisters killed Harvey's brother, and Sabrina wanted to resurrect Harvey's brother. And in order to do that, Sabrina has to kill one of the Weird Sisters. And, like, Sabrina had to kill one of the Weird Sisters, and she had to use that in exchange of harvey's brother's life if that makes sense i forgot to tell you guys this is another spoiler but yeah if you're planning to watch the chilling adventures of sabrina and american horror story i suggest you guys watch it and if you're a horror enthusiast like me you would know that zombies and necromancy are also related to voodoo and this is also a practice voodoo is also a practice that had origins in haiti voodoo is actually a religious practice called voodoo and its followers can be found in various parts of the world voodoo has afro-caribbean roots and is considered a way of life and this practice is actually originated with slaves 
and the practice is a combination of both the slaves' beliefs and Roman Catholicism. Zombie legends have grown and become widespread in pop culture as time went on. We all know this as we see this in movies, TV shows that we watched, and the earliest zombie movie that has ever been created or released can be dated back can be dated back to 1930s and it's called White Zombie. That's a weird name, but yeah, that's just my opinion. Anyway, I personally love zombie films. When I was in high school, I binge-watched all Resident Evil movies. And I also enjoyed films such as Zombieland and also this show called iZombie. Which is kind of like a different take of zombies. I think in iZombie, um, they kind of humanized the legend, the urban legend, which I thought was pretty refreshing. I think it's a nice show. To be fair though, Zombieland, like I said before, is one of my favorite zombie films because I think they turn it into this light-hearted film even though usually zombie films are pretty dark, gory. Well, it's still gory. Zombieland's pretty gory, but zombie films are usually dark and suspenseful and not as lighthearted it's more like it's more focus focused on the action and less about the lighthearted stuff but then in Zombieland it's like a mixture of lighthearted and also um a lot of action as well it's still a lot of gore given that it's a zombie film but it's more like um funny and enjoyable to watch so, like, like if I watch something similar to, like, Alive or Train to Busan, I would, like, I get so much anxiety watching those. But I like it, though. But whereas in Zombieland, it's not as scary because of its lighthearted take in it. And also, yeah, I mentioned this before, but I really love Train to Busan. I think that movie is kind of sad. <laughs> like, the ending's kind of sad, but I really liked it. Um, Compared to Alive, though, yeah, I really liked Train to Busan. I think I watched it, like, two times already. And also, let's talk about literature. In literature, zombie fiction has emerged in the 90s. And in video games, video games are also famous for zombies. Um, Resident Evil is a famous one. Eventually, it turned into the movie, like I said. And other games include The House of the Dead, The Last of Us, Call of Duty, The Walking Dead, and Plants vs. Zombies. It's probably one of the first video game I played. I'm not really a gamer, just letting you know, but... When I was younger, I played Plants vs. Zombies a lot. Okay, so funny thing is, the Center for Disease Control and Prevention, or CDC, has published a zombie preparedness content on their website. I believe this was published in 2011, back when the zombie craze was still pretty much a thing. It's funny because a government website 
like you would think they would take you they would post serious stuff and there they go posting about zombie content and stuff like that and i just think it's kind of odd like kind of um not normal <laughs> but you know some people think that zombies zombie apocalypse is pretty much likely so cdc actually had a couple of links on them that provide comprehensive information on how to prepare and survive the zombie apocalypse they even have a fucking graphic novel about this which like do you guys think that's funny i think it was funny and interesting just finding out about this so here are the different types of zombies so we have our generic zombies basically a corpse that have been reanimated by a pathogen characteristic include aggressiveness disorientation rotting flesh and cannibalism they eat and kill who are uninfected basically those who are bitten may get infected not may they're gonna get infected for sure they are basically the typical archetype that you see on media and on books video games stuff like that hence this is why they are called generic so there are two types of generic zombies first we have the walkers these are these are the common ones we see on the show like the walking dead they are known for their really slow pace hence the name and they usually come in hordes the second type is what we call the runners the runners are the types we see in train to busan world war z the film resident evil the common zombies in resident evil not the mutated ones zombie land and also alive once they see an uninfected human it's on site for them like yeah and I'm sure you all know this. There's common sense, basically, at this point. But they are fast sprinters. Literally, they will sprint. It's on site. Stamina is not the issue here. It's your issue, but not their issue. So, um, encountering a runner, that's, that, like, unless you can run fast, unless you're a cross-country distance runner, track runner, you're pretty much dead because um, there's no outrunning this zombie. Trying to outrun this type of zombie is not a good idea, so you might want to just go in for the kill. The next type of zombie is the voodoo zombies. So these types of zombies can be seen in Season 3 of American Horror Story. Like I mentioned before, this is the part where Marie Laveau resurrected the dead to attack the coven and also kidnap Delphine, the racist. Interestingly, they do not feed on human flesh and their conditions can be reversible. But usually the jobs of the voodoo zombie is to um, complete a bidding of their master. So they're basically like puppets. I think they're like... Um, the first type of zombie to emerge because of its ties to voodoo and Haiti. The next type of zombie is the ankle biters or the crawlers. So basically these are zombies whose 
lower halves have been disabled, they are more harder to spot because these zombies can latch onto someone's leg and bite down. Like, they're so low on the ground that you can't, sometimes you won't be able to notice them once you're, unless you're looking down. So, yeah, um, here are some of the archetypes of a zombie. I'm pretty sure there's more. There's like the Resident Evil zombie where it's all mutated and stuff and they have like their other subtypes. But here are some of the types that I just noticed on media and I'm not gonna do more because I have a lot more stuff to cover and it's just... I don't know, man. I don't know. So okay, um, here's my last point. Probably something you have been waiting for as well. Here are some tips to survive the fucking zombie apocalypse. Because might as well, right? So first tip is you might want to avoid big cities once you see the apocalypse happening. So we've seen this in COVID cases as well. Big cities, bad. They become the hotspots for viruses. And it's just because there's more people in one area. Like, there's, it's so densely populated. So, like, in coronavirus, like, New York became a hotspot at some point. New York City, I mean, not the New York State. So, New York City became the hotspot at some point because there were so many people living in New York City. And it's such a crowded area, small space. So... The COVID cases was so bad over there. And also, California is pretty bad, doing really bad in terms of corona cases. Because there's just so much people in California. Same thing with the zombie apocalypse. Um, technically, um, in most films, the zombie apocalypse is considered like a virus as well. So if we talk about it like, if we look at it that way, the same way as we look at COVID-19, it's pretty much the same, like the same consequences. So the less people you have in a city, the more your chances of surviving becomes higher, if that makes sense. Second tip, you might want to stock up on some supplies. This is common sense. We saw this in covid where people started hoarding toilet paper and masks and gloves and alcohol and hand sanitizers that we it's imp it's impossible to buy one these days it's crazy but it's not really an easy thing when you're trying to evade zombies so first aid kits food clothes water medicine and alive this is another spoiler by the way the main character barely survives because he ran out of food and water. So the third tip you need to pay attention to is to arm yourself. Also common sense because you're trying to protect yourself from zombies and from other people who are trying to kill you for supplies. So when you kill a zombie, what you do is you aim for the head and go for the kill. The last tip that I'm going to give you guys is to observe the enemy at a distance. Observe the zombies at a distance. Through observing, you would know what makes them tick, their tendencies, their weaknesses, 
how they move, like, you know, all that stuff that you can use to your advantage. Basically, my tips for surviving a zombie apocalypse. So, yeah, we are wrapping up for this episode. Now, tell me, will you survive a zombie apocalypse? Because I sure as hell would not survive the zombie apocalypse. First of all, I have weak lungs. Second, I panic a lot. And yeah, even though I just gave you all my tips, I've researched these tips and I still probably wouldn't have survived because I panic too much. So anyway, yeah. Thank you so much for listening. My throat really hurt from talking. I don't know why. But yeah, thank you so much for listening. Be sure to give this episode a rating on Apple Podcast. And be sure to follow me on Instagram. It is at Herbal Legends AODC for more episode updates. If you want to say hi, feel free to email me at podcast at gmail.com. Say hi, send me an encounter, reach out. That's all I have for today. I hope you all enjoy. And yeah, um, I hope you all enjoy and see you next time. Bye. Oh my gosh. Okay, just to um, let you know, I stopped that 666 and I think that's kind of scary. Please don't come at me. Okay, bye.